brothers and sisters, will you turn with me to the book of Colossians? You can find it in your pew Bible on page 822. Let's give them another round of applause, please. Amen. Good to see you in the choir stand there on Evelyn. They got you, didn't they? They so got you, didn't they? Colossians chapter 3 and you know what I'm just going to say it right now tell Keisha Lee to leave me alone because she's like you know we're going to be reading 17 verses amen you always talk about you reading them long scriptures <laughs> and listen if you can't stand for a long time please feel free to stay seated I'm not, I don't have to preach today. Uh, I don't really. Because Paul is preaching here. And really the message, the entire message today can be found in Colossians chapter 3. Uh, beginning with verse 1 to 17. So I'll simply be highlighting today what is before you. Now I'm going to ask you to do this. I need you to take this scripture and write it down in your notes. And I need you to take this home, and I want you to read it again throughout the week, and just keep it with you. Because if we just do what Paul is saying that we do in this scripture, then our family is going to be strong. Amen? Amen. All right. And so listen to these words by the Apostle Paul, beginning with verse 1 in chapter 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is and seated at the right hand of God place your thing you place your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God verse 2 set your minds on things above not on earthly things and I cannot say that again I just want to say it one more time Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5. Put to death, therefore, Lord, have mercy. Whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived but now, you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have been taking off your old self 
with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore is God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as God, as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God, the Father, through Him. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I just want to reemphasize, restate what has already been said, and hopefully we can have a short sermon on today. If you just say amen. Amen. <laughs> Dear God, in the name of Jesus, we come to this moment of preaching in which we seek to hear from what you, the Lord of hosts, has for your people. Let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Preach the word, dear God. Your people are listening with a yearning ear. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. The people of God said, Amen. As we are focusing on the family this year, I, you know, I think this is in, it's going to end up being one of the most important sermons of this series because what this word, this text does, it really pulls things into focus in terms of how we are to move on in this new understanding of family. So I want to preach about new life. New life as we focus on the family. Now can I ask you to do something real quick? 
whatever, whatever it is is occupying your mind space other than the word of God right now, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Because we need to get this. Dear God, we rebuke, uh, we rebuke a distraction in the name of Jesus. That whatever it is that's occupying our mind space at this moment, that we can focus intently on what it is that you would have for us. I want to challenge you. I'm going to be locking eyes with you because I want you to get this and I want you to really hear what I'm saying. Uh, walk down this path with me. Imagine, imagine that your parents were ailing. They were, they were sickly. And imagine they left you in charge of this vast farm that you live on. You have a lot of acreages, there are a lot of buildings, there are a lot of spaces. Plenty of room there. And imagine that your family left you in charge of this farm. And one day, all of a sudden, all of your family members showed up with no place to go. Think about that. Come on, let's lock that in our minds. I'm in charge of this vast form. My family have come from all walks of life. Some near, some far. This form can accommodate maybe a maybe hundred, even a couple of hundred people. And all of a sudden, you walk out in your front yard, and there's all your family. <laughs> What's your next move? What's your next? Can you imagine that? All your family has shown up all of a sudden. There's family from the city. There's family from the country. There's family from all walks of life. The question has to become, now that we have to live together, y'all not with me. I can see y'all, some of y'all sleep. Come on, nudge your neighbor. Now that we have to live together, how do we live together in this new life? Are y'all with me so far? See, there's some things we need to understand about some terms that we use, and we use these terms loosely. One thing we need to understand is what does it mean to live in sin life? Some of your family members have been living in sin life. You, you can't send them away. You can't tell them to go somewhere else. They have nowhere else to go. And after all, it is your family. And you can't kick them out because you don't agree with how they live. You must deal with them, though they are accustomed to sin. What, what is sin like? Sin life is rebellious life. Sin life is doing those things that bring separation and enmity between you and God. Sin life is living according to your own will despite what you know best to do. It's doing whatever you want to do. Even rebelling against God. But then some others of your family are there, and they don't necessarily live in sin life, but they live in worldly life. Whoa, wait a minute. I thought sin life and worldly life was the same. No, not necessarily. 
Worldly life doesn't concern itself with God at all. It, it doesn't concern itself with necessarily good nor evil. It's just worldly. Worldly means it's all about self. And you can say, well, that in itself is sin. Well, you can argue that point with me. That's okay. I ain't that, I'm not that deep. <laughs> I can just tell you that you can be involved in things without God on your mind and not necessarily sin, but it doesn't concern God. Help me, Holy Ghost. When you scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, and you stumble upon how to sell, uh, what do you call it, how, how to sell Forex and how to invest in the stock market. That ain't no sin in that. But you ain't doing it for God. You're doing it for yourself. Y'all not with me. You can scroll up and down through your Facebook feed and you can be looking at stuff. And, you, and you're not sitting, you just sit there looking at stuff. But it don't have to have nothing to do with sin. But it can have... It don't have nothing to do with God either. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Uh, when you're looking at a sports event and you 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 rooting for the Chiefs. Uh -huh. Oh, here we go. Oh, have mercy. It ain't got nothing to do with sin. But it ain't got nothing to do with God either. Are y'all with me, homie? Are y'all with me? I done lost about I lost about 10. I know I did. I lost about 10. I lost about 10. What I'm trying to say, tell you is that you have all of this going on. Then you have those that are godly. But those that are godly sometimes are hypocrites. Because <laughs> they know how to preach real good. Especially when it's concerning you. But they got a problem with mirrors. Because they fail to see themselves in their own hypocrisy. Y'all don't hear what I'm talking about. They, they, have, uh, they have what their Bible refers to as a form of godliness. They talk that talk. And sometimes they walk that walk. But then there are other times. See, that's what godliness is. Godliness is not perfecting holiness. Godliness is trying real hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes when we try real hard and then fail, those that's living sinfully and those that's living worldly misinterpret, come on somebody, our failure, come on, as hypocrisy. All of these folks are sinning at your doorstep. The question now is, how are we going to move forward in this new life? Y'all with me so far? How are we going to live this new life in Christ, Jaleesa? But it's not just about living this new life in Christ as much as it's like living this new life in Christ in family. Because the problem with these godly Christians <laughs> is that they think that they can live this Christian walk in isolation by closing their doors to the world and just talking about what's happening on the news. 
to you today, you can't fully understand what it means to be a follower of Christ if you fail to apply your discipleship in fellowship. Because it is in fellowship that you learn what you think you know. Let me say that again. It is in fellowship, come on somebody, that you learn, hey, what you think, come on, that you already know. What do you mean, Pastor? What I mean is, you can say you holy, and you can say you sanctified, and you can say you feel with the Holy Ghost, uh -huh, but let somebody get on your nerves in fellowship. Let somebody catch you on the wrong day. Come on, somebody. Let somebody cut you with, the, with their eyes the wrong way. And then what happens is, is now we have to apply what we think we know about I said, now nah, nah, y'all not gonna talk back to me. I told that I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I ain't gotta say that I'm guilty myself. Sanctified, holy, walking with the Holy Ghost. You say something about teacher, what you say? <laughs> It's tested in family and in fellowship. Yeah. And so now what we have to do, family, is we got to determine how do we move forward in this new life. God wants to do, listen to me, it's obvious to me that God got God's hand and eyes on this family. God is moving. Don't, don't you dare think it's me. It's not me that's moving. God is moving. And I'm like that man sitting on the porch going, look at all these folk. From all these walks of life. Who decided to be family. But it's not enough to decide to be family. We must decide. How do we move forward as family in this new life in Christ? Well, the scripture tells us that one of the things we need to do in terms of moving forward is we, this is good, we got to stay focused. And we got to hold each other accountable for staying focused. See, too many of us get off the path too early. And so what happens is, if you're in isolation and you're not in family and you're not in community, and you what happens when you when you when you get off the path too early, you don't give God an opportunity to work out within what God is working out within you. So the manifesting the manifestation of God's power takes place in your life. In other words, you jump off the train at the wrong stop. And you take somebody else to stand up and say, ho, ho, where are you going? Well, I'm getting off this train. I got problems on my job. It seems like God's not listening. I got problems in my relationship. It seems like God ain't nowhere to be found. I'm, I'm broken hearted and I'm lonely and I'm lost. And it seems like this God you keep.
keep on talking about don't show. And then it need to take somebody in the village to say, hold on, hold up, don't get off just yet. Yeah. Let me pray with you. Yeah. Let me talk to you. Now let me just tell you something. Your prayer is strong. But your testimony sometimes is strong. Sometimes I don't need you to pray for me as much as I need to hear your story. Somebody in the family needs to come alongside and say, girl, I know what you're talking about. You wouldn't believe it, but this happened to me. I was almost done. I was almost out. I almost gave up. I almost gave in. I was at my week's end, but the Lord knows how to pray through right when you need him. He don't always come when you want him, but he's always on time. Be still and know that he is God. If you can just hold on for a minute. Am I saying anything to you? Because if you're going to get God in this new life, you got to learn how to persevere. you got to learn how to endure. You need some staying power. You quit too easy. You give up too fast. You just need to stick with it long enough for God to do what God's going to do. people that can just jump off the ship. Uh-huh. And ain't nobody checking for them. Uh-huh. And, and we need to start asking some more questions. Uh-huh. And you really want to make me mad? Don't ask enough questions. Uh-huh. You know I'm a professor, right? Uh-huh. I love questions. Uh-huh. Ask questions. You mean something has been gone? Ain't nobody said nothing. Ain't nobody heard nothing. Ain't nobody concerned. And then guess what? They get mad at me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. I'm on the porch looking at how do we move forward. Uh-huh. Come on, somebody. Yeah. With these family members. And I can't be responsible for every single one of them. All right. Especially when they got a pew member that they sit to every Sunday. Sit next. Come on, y'all like, okay. The aliens went dead. I just got on the toes. Somebody mad right now. That's all right. We got to hold each other accountable. For staying focused. The Bible talks about uh, uh, these earthly things. And everything that we need to to, to live and move forward is right here. It talks about these earthly things. And we got to take our minds off of these earthly things. See, too many of us have our mind on earthly. Man, listen, I don't have to explain every point. Do I got to explain this? I do have to explain this. See, your faith can't be about getting the stuff from earth. The totality of your faith can't be limited to collecting earthly things. Have you ever considered that it's because of your preoccupation with earthly stuff that you can't get to where God wants you to go? Yes, it's okay to petition God for earthly things, but it can't be all about the earthly things. We have to, at some point, grab 
graduate from what matters to us to what matters to God. It's not a God didn't make us for our pleasure, but God made us for his pleasure. We were not designed for him to bless us as much as we were designed for us to bless him. How can I bless God? I bless him with my living. I bless him with my tongue. I bless him with my walking. When he tells me to move, I move, and then he's glorified. Because I'm not just concerned about what I can get from God, but I'm concerned about what I can give. earthly nature. 
Colossians 3 and 5. We got to put something, we got to put some of this stuff to death. Where's the exit? See, you think that we're going to be able to move this family forward without you changing. In order for this form to work and for everybody to get everything they see, the form will provide sustenance. The form has in it everything that you need out of it. The form has shelter, the form has food, the form has every water, the form, but the form is not going to produce it by itself. In other words, we have to work together on the form if the form is going to produce it. We can't work together if you're not willing to do your part. And you doing your part means you got to change. And we got too many folk that are up in the church that want everybody else to change. See, in order to make this work, we all have to change. Because we all have gotten comfortable with the way we do things. And I'm trying to tell you that you can't move this family forward and we can't accommodate everybody if you're not willing to get uncomfortable to make room. Oh, I knew I couldn't get no To make room for somebody else to grow, to learn.
stuff here. It's tough stuff here. Colossians 3 and 8 says you got to give some stuff up. You got to give up sexual immorality. Yeah, give it up. Give it up because what sexual immorality does is sexual immorality, what it does is, it's, you don't realize this or not, sexual immorality, you think it's about sex. It's not about sex. Sexual immorality is the devil's way of keeping you weak. What he does is, it robs you of your Holy Ghost power. Your body is the temple. It is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It is the place that God chooses to preside. He said that I want to live and live in you. Barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, 
But Christ is all and is in all. He's in us all. Did you hear what I said? He is in us all. I don't care what you've done. I don't care when you did it. I don't care how bad it was. He's in us all. And we need to learn and we need to make a decision. Are we going to move forward on this farm? In new life? Respecting one another? Nurturing one another? Loving one another, committing to one another, stop lying to one another, forgiving one another, starting with love, ending with love, talking with love, walking with love, thinking on love. Come on, somebody. How are we going to live together in this new life? Well, I love this. Verse 13. Watch this. Ooh, this is it. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I got to go. Verse 13 says, it says this. Watch this. Verse 13. Look at this. It says, bear with each other. Yeah. Forgive each other. And watch this. Have patience. We're not going to make it on this farm without patience. We're not going to make it on this farm if we don't bear one another. And what bearing one another is, is yeah, we got some crazy folks in our family. But bear with them. Hold them accountable. Correct them and reprove and them. But while you are holding them accountable, correcting and approving, love on them. Be patient with them. Because that's the only way we're going to move this family forward on this farm. Well, we got to speak out of love. We got to teach out of love. We have to do out of love. Then Colossians 3 and 15, I'll close, I'll land here. It says, let the peace of Christ rule. Let the message of Christ dwell and admonish one another with wisdom, songs, and hymns. And whatever you do, whatever you do, in word or in deed, it says it right in the text, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm, I'm putting a button on it, Jennifer, right there. Because here's what you're looking at today. You're looking at somebody that really, I won't tell you this. My, I don't even want to tell my mama this. Uh, I'm going to close on my testimony. Miss Gloria, they go to Metropolitan. Miss Gloria was a teacher up at Southwest High School. And in Southwest High School, I had just been transferred from Southeast because I got into a humongous fight. And I was an angry young man. 
But you know, your pastor was a smooth kind of dude because, like, he could dwell in both circles. Like, I was a smart kid, but I came from the hood. I'm that dude. Not that, not that you can tell. <laughs> I know that, wouldn't, that ain't obvious. <laughs> but Miss Gloria chose me as one of the most dangerous kids in that school. Wow. Because I could play both sides. I see you, Miss Jamie. You, <laughs> you look like you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> she, she saw that, you know what, this kid is dangerous. Because he's the one that will make A's, but then put on a ski mask and jack you up. <laughs> he's that kid. And she saw that in me because I had both sides. I had the gangsters at the school that respected me, and I, had, I was, you know, I had it. I was a nerd. Paul talks about that. Paul says that I am a chief sinner because I am not only a Roman citizen, but I am a well-respected Jew. In other words, Paul was trying to help you understand that I can go both sides. I can, I can straddle both sides. He says, but when I met Jesus Christ, everything that I thought I was, everything that I thought I knew, everything that I thought, it became as dung. Gloria, Sandra Hall, introduced me to Carl Boyd and said, Carl, I'm concerned about him because he can either go and do great things or he can be one of the worst criminals that you could ever meet. But what Gloria Sarah Hall didn't know is that I had a praying mama. And I had a praying grandma. And my auntie was a praying warrior. My great auntie was a real Holy Ghost wife. And even though folks could have saw me going the wrong way, I had a whole village that was supporting on me. And if you don't want to 
go heaven bound with us. I suggest you get off this train. I know what I said. And I mean it too. If you don't want the Lord in this family, you need to get off this train. Love you. Pray for you. We won't give up on you. But if you're going to continue to make it hard for this family to move forward, get off this train. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Who am I talking to today? 